0: Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Active Growth Podcast. Today's podcast is made especially for solopreneurs and bootstrappers, and it's meant to help you get more traction and beat the overwhelm that you might be facing. In part, this episode was inspired by several comments that people left on my recent posts on Trello. So I've been posting some tutorials that show how I use the task management app Trello to organize some of my work. And some of the comments have been along the lines of, okay, I can see your system here for organizing work, but but how do I even get there? How do I even get to your starting point? Because I don't know, you know what should I put on my Trello boards? I don't know how to organize all this stuff that I want to do like, I don't know how to translate my overwhelm onto a Trello board like this, and I don't know how to prioritize and decide what to focus on. So if that's a problem you've been struggling with, then today's episode is definitely for you. Today's episode comes with quite a few links and recommendations for different resources. Plus, we also summarize all the steps and strategies from this episode at the show notes and you can get those show notes by going to activegrowth.com forward slash 28. Now to introduce the theme of this episode, let's start with a story.
1: I was at the airport and waiting for a friend over there. And so she arrived, she has like two different luggages already has her sunglasses on her head, ready to go on holidays, right? Now, something you have to know about my friend is that she was already obsessing about these holidays for a while. And uh, she started packing her suitcase probably like three days ago and then made sure that she could go to the store and like buy extra sunscreen and um, and, and it got everything ready, right? She so had a checklist of like what had to be in her luggage. And arriving at the airport, we're queuing up, and she realized she forgot her passport. So it just didn't matter, everything that she had in her suitcase. And this is something that will be very relevant for you as an entrepreneur, because if you're concentrating on the wrong thing, it just doesn't matter if you don't have the most important thing on you.
0: Today's episode is especially meant for solopreneurs. Because as a solopreneur, if you're doing your own thing, you're pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, you have an especially tough job. And it's especially important for you to make sure that you're focusing on the right things and not forgetting the most important things. There's a problem here that we face, which is that when we look to learn about entrepreneurship, uh, we look around and we learn about entrepreneurship, we try to study successful entrepreneurs and successful businesses, but The problem is that most of the stories we see, most of the case studies we see, certainly the most spectacular and newsworthy stories are based on medium or large businesses that have been wildly successful. And as a one-man show or a one-woman show, you can't actually implement all the stuff that took a team of 50 people with $10 million in funding to success, right? Even if you try to, I mean, even if you learn about such an example, and even if basically everything you learn there is valid, there's just no way you can do the same. In this episode, we'll talk about the specific strategies that are relevant to you as a small business solopreneur. We'll talk about the things that you need to stop doing, the things that you need to do differently, and the things that you need to start doing in order to move the needle in your business.
1: Now, first, in order to know what we mean with move the needle, we have to be very clear about what this actually means. So, moving the needle is doing the things that you really need to do in order to move your business forward. So it's about finding those things that will actually make a difference. And when we say make a difference, we mean make a difference in your bottom line. So something that brings in more revenue or some other important KPI that you are measuring at the moment if you're not making money yet. Now, if you have a business nine times, 9.9 times out of 10, it's Doing the thing that will bring in more revenue in your business.
0: You can use a test question to find out if something you do will be relevant, if something you do will move the needle or not, which is for any task you're doing, for anything you're working on right now, you can ask yourself, if I complete this task and I do it well, will it impact my bottom line or will it impact a significant KPI? And as you'll see, we'll go through... A couple of examples here, because often you actually know, right, you're working on something and you know, hey, even if even if I finish this, even if I work very efficiently and I do a good job, this is actually not going to make a difference. I'm not going to have more money in my bank account because I did this. So that's the kind of thing we're talking about. We, we want to get to the things that matter the most. Another question that I really like that you can ask yourself comes from Mike Michalowicz, who wrote the book Making Money is Killing Your Business. This is one of my recommended books, by the way, that you can find on the recommended section on the Active Growth website. So his question is, is this the highest and best use of my time? And again, this is a test question. You can ask yourself, whatever you're doing right now, is this the highest and best use of my time? If the answer is no, can you simply stop doing it and start doing something more important? Often you can. And if you can't, then the next question to ask is, what can I do to ensure that I never have to spend my time doing this unimportant thing ever again?
1: Let's take just a little time here before we go into the examples, because this makes such a difference. If for everything you do during your day, when you start doing something, you ask yourself, can I simply stop doing this? (laughs) Or can I ensure that I never have to do this again? So this, if it's, if it doesn't make any difference in your business, right? So you'll notice that there are many, many things that you are doing during a day that actually fall into this category. So reading this book, yeah, highly recommend it. And um, we're now we're going to start seeing some of the examples of things that first of all, you should simply stop doing.
0: So let's start with something that we have talked about before, and it, it is a good example. It's basically one of the things you need to stop doing is you need to stop uh, tweaking your logo for the hundredth time. And all related work, right? You know the kind of thing, right? You're, you're going back and forth with some designer on Fiverr about logos, or you are spending ungodly amounts of time printing, you know, getting a design and print for business cards and stuff like that, right? These are things that many entrepreneurs tend to, we kind of tend to obsess with this. Guilty. Even something like, <laughs> right, yeah. Me too. Yeah, I've done this too in the past. Um, and we tend to obsess with this kind of, stuff. So even finding a name for your business, right? How, how much time can you spend on that? Finding a name for your business, finding the right font to use on your, all this kind of stuff, right? We, we tweak these little things where if you ask yourself, hold on, if I do a great job of getting a logo design done, is that is someone gonna pay me for this? No, <laughs> right? Unless you're a logo designer. <laughs> and no one's gonna pay you for that, right? It's not gonna affect your bottom line. And one of the one of the most amazing things and unexpected things actually I found is I, I recently did a post where I analyzed six different highly successful personal brands and their websites right we're talking about super successful businesses such as you know tim ferris gary vaynerchuk marie forleo and one of the things i found in analyzing their websites is that none of them not a single one of them have an image in their logo okay not a single one of them all of them so first of all, almost all of them have named their business after themselves. So they haven't spent any time thinking of, oh, what's my brand name, right? Oh, my name is Gary Vaynerchuk. My brand is called Gary Vaynerchuk. My name is Marie Forleo. My brand is called Marie Forleo. It's simple as that, right? Most of them have that. They just have their name as their brand. So that's a bunch of work cut out right away. But then also, their logo is just their name typed out. <laughs> okay, okay. Right? Let's, just, let's let's just be just very very clear on
1: this, right? <laughs> it's, it's literally text. <laughs> Two seconds to type out your name in that logo <laughs> yes. section on your website and <laughs> that 's it that 's the amount of time you can exactly. spend on your logo <laughs>
0: and, and you know to be fair, you know some of them have some of them have it designed uh, you know they 've chosen a nice font and whatnot okay but still it, it 's so much easier than going back and forth about you know what image to use and what colors and so on and so forth like the, these logos are so simple, you barely believe it right. And that, that really, for me, confirmed this thing of, look, these are people, these are people who have a tendency to focus on what matters, right? These highly, highly successful entrepreneurs just never got to a point in their business where it's like, oh yeah, spending several hours fretting about my logo is a good use of my time right now. It just never happened, right? No matter how successful they got, no matter how much money they have, no matter how much, how much resource they could put into this, it just never happened. So, if you had any doubts about this, I hope that puts it to rest. And by the way, in the show notes, we'll link to this post if you want to see for yourself, right? Then uh, you can you can find that post there. Now, as a side note, I have to say that, you know, if you look at Active Growth, I'm basically guilty of that because first of all, it's not my name. And secondly, it does have a, a graphical logo. But the, the one reason why this brand is called Active Growth is because my name is Shane Melach, and even English people don't know how to spell that, right? <laughs> so it, this is really the only. It, I would have to use a pen name, right? I'd have to rename myself, basically. But that's the only. I mean, you know, for this podcast, the best thing we could do is we could call it the Shane Melach and Hanne Verwag Podcast, right? And, and basically, <laughs> nobody would ever find this. It would be like the best kept secret online. We 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 say our name. We'd say our website name every time, and nobody would ever find it, right? <laughs> so. That is that is a, a case that maybe you have to consider if you have a, a crazy name that's difficult to pronounce, then maybe you can't do the thing of just using your own name. But still you can you can use a text only logo.
1: Okay. And to be fair, Shane, you're you're not really a solopreneur anymore. That's true. Yeah.
0: I didn't design like, that you logo. You did
1: not spend time on that <laughs> <That's> logo. <true. laughs> Our designers yeah. did. So that's also that's also something, right? Like okay. Of course it it might be nice to have like a a good logo but again like if you if you don't have a design like the worst thing that you can do is try to do that yourself oh, but we'll get back yes. to that, right? <laughs> so this, okay, we, we always use this logo example because it's just something that we see so often. But there are other things, right? Like changing your sidebar from maybe from left to right or wanting your sidebar to be 50 pixels smaller than it had been intended to be in the theme that you picked. Something that I wanted to do was like a vertical split layout on on my website, and that was just like ridiculously difficult at the time, so... Um, don't like hours you can spend hours easily on that type of stuff and it's not going to make any difference because you're the only one obsessing about it so you should really get away of that type of stuff this is
0: also where it becomes really important for solopreneurs and small businesses right because we're not saying that these things don't make any difference. You know, if you have a website that gets millions of visitors, then switching the sidebar from one side to the other might actually make a difference to your bottom line, right? Because it's a small change that affects so many people. But it's a total waste of time to do this if, you know, you're only starting out and you're not getting millions of visitors. And that's one of the problems I talked about before, where, you know, you might read a case study where a website says, oh, we, we made this design tweak to our website and we had this great result. But it doesn't mean that it's a good idea for you as a solopreneur to make the same change because the context just isn't the same.
1: And I even want to argue that once you're not a solopreneur anymore and you're actually having a team, at that point, it's not going to be you anymore who switches that sidebar from the one side to the other or who's actually like trying to optimize stuff on your website. You will probably have somebody that... Their job is to optimize the website. I mean, Amazon—it's not Jeff Bezos who's doing, who's deciding how to optimize the Amazon website anymore, right? And even with with smaller businesses, I'm sure that it's not Gary Vaynerchuk who comes up with the ideas of maybe changing something on his website.
0: Yeah, exactly. So another way in which you've heard us talk about this is to think about—you know—am I am I moving a big lever or a small lever here? And, and these small tweaks, logo, sidebar, all this kind of stuff, these are all tiny levers that are not worth manipulating for for you. And, and basically, that the CEO of the company is not going to be manipulating. So what's an example of a big lever, something that matters, even if you're starting out, even if you're a solopreneur, even if you don't have tons of traffic, would be... Uh, because you know we're not saying don't change anything on your website, right? But something we've talked about before that we recommend is to use a landing page as your homepage, right? The homepage of your website should be an optimized landing page and not just a list of your latest blog posts. Well, that's a big change. That can make a big difference. That can make the difference between you get no email subscribers and you get a slow trickle of some email subscribers and you start growing your list. That is something that moves the needle, right? Getting email subscribers versus not getting them, that's an example of moving the needle,
1: To take that same example, you can also have a button on there for your free consultation calls, for example, and having your homepage optimized for people actually to click on that button and take that free consultation call with you, that will make a real difference to your bottom line.
0: Now, our second recommendation for things you need to stop doing is more general. It is that you need to stop doing about half the things you're currently doing and Why is that? Well, it's because as a solopreneur, you have to be very stingy with your time and your resource. And it's very likely, because you're an entrepreneurial type, it's very likely that you have too many projects and too many ideas and too many things that you're trying to run at the same time, right? That's just what we do. We've talked about this before, right? We... Generally, entrepreneurs tend to have all these ideas, we tend to want to do all this stuff, and we then start running in too many different directions at the same time. So it's like, okay, I'm working on my website, and I also started a podcast, and I'm also doing this YouTube channel with a video series, and I'm working on this course, and I'm writing this book, and so on and so on, right?
1: and i'm doing it in three different languages <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: and it's not that that any one of those things is fundamentally a bad idea it's just that if you try to do all of them all at once then you're spreading yourself too thin and you're not doing anything really effectively right you're not giving yourself a chance to succeed in any of those areas and the same goes for let's say okay you need to you need to get some traffic right you need to get some traction running in too many different directions there. Oh, I'm doing some Facebook ads and I'm doing AdWords and I'm doing some guest posting and I'm doing content marketing and I'm doing this course on SEO so I can do SEO on my site and so on and so on. In the end, you're just going to get almost no traffic from 15 different sources instead of getting good traffic from one place. So look at all the different things you're doing. Look at how you're, you're basically bouncing around between different things and simply stop doing some of those things, right? Just simply... You have to say no to some of those things and i know that's hard it's hard to to stop doing things especially we often we get invested in stuff we care about it and it's difficult to just say okay i'm just going to drop this but you really have to do that in order to give yourself a better chance to succeed at the stuff that is left after you've dropped about half the things you're doing so like you were saying before, Hannah, it's you know if you ask yourself this question is this the highest best use of my time and if not could I just stop doing this? You'll probably feel strong resistance. You'll be like, well, yes, I could stop doing this. It would be actually fine, but I don't want
1: to stop. <laughs>
0: well, that's, that's just, you have to get through that, right? It, it doesn't feel good, but you got to do it.
1: And I believe that one of the reasons why people are doing things that don't move the needle is because they did not identify the things that are moving the needle. Because it's much easier to decide, I'm not going to do this because I'm going to do this instead, rather than having to say, okay, I'm not going to do this, but um, I'm not sure what I should be doing next or what else I should be doing, right? So having this very clear vision about what will actually move the needle and what you actually have to do. And I don't know who was the one using this expression, but then like bite the frog and actually do the one thing that you really have to do to move the needle, even if it's not as fun as tweaking your website. um, (laughs) That will also, like, that's what really makes a difference.
0: So this brings us to part two. Things that you should keep doing, but you should do them differently. The first item on this list is... Basically, stop doing work that you're not qualified to do. So, Hannah, you kind of mentioned this before already, right? If you're trying, to, someone's trying to design their own logo, <laughs> that's probably not a good idea. No, no. <laughs> so, if you're not a designer, you should not be doing design work. That's a, that's a great example of, you know, don't spend time doing work you're not really qualified to do. Now, if you are not a designer and you can't afford a designer... Use templates. That is what templates are for. You can basically borrow a ready-made design and simply use that. Now, another example of this is that if you if you look through the Active Growth blog, you can see that for a very long time, I've always used a lot of images in my posts. So I, I basically, from very early on in my blogging, I tried to avoid just creating walls of text, right? Just write, writing text, 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 text. I always tried to make my posts more visually interesting, more professional looking, and one of the ways I did this is that I simply bought icon packs. So I'd go to a place like Graphic River or some, you know, stock image site, and I would buy like a pack of 200 icons. And then I'd simply use those icons over and over again. I call this chapter images, right? So when I'm writing and I I write a heading, then I will simply add a little icon next to it or above it that is kind of related to what I'm talking about under this next heading. And it's a really simple thing to do to just break up your content a little bit, give it that, that visual flair, make it look nicer. And I did this without ever having to spend a lot of time or a lot of effort thinking about design. And... The thing about the icons as well is that I recommend using icons over, you know, there's all these free stock image sites, right? But if you look for photographs, a photograph conveys too much, basically. So with an icon, right? If I'm, okay, I'm writing something that is related to travel. I just use an icon of a map or an icon of an airplane, right? It doesn't matter. It's like, okay, fine. An icon of a plane next to a title about travel. Okay, this is about travel. Fine, done. But if I look for a travel-related picture, a photograph, then I find millions of them, right? And they'll be like, well, this one doesn't convey the right mood. This one has too many people in it. This one is, and so on, right? It's like, there's too much stuff that you have to make decisions about. Whereas an icon is just, yep, good enough.
1: <laughs> Definitely been there, done that. And one other resource that I want to talk about is called Creative Market. It's a really nice resource. The reason why is that so you actually think about this, just one second, think about this. You actually have designers, so it's their job who make this these these icon packs and put them online and then just sell it to a lot of people, which is why the price is cheaper, right? But you still get a real designer for this price. So it's like the best of both worlds.
0: Yeah, and we'll put links to this. So this is, you know, very specifically how to avoid doing design work yourself without sacrificing the design aspect, right? So we'll put links to this in the show notes. And of course, I mentioned before, templates, hugely, hugely important, to use for you to avoid doing design work while still having a super professional design. And of course, what we recommend here is Thrive Themes, right? We have Thrive Themes and Thrive Architect with something like 230 landing pages now. We have templates for everything. You just load one of those and you use that. That is the fastest way in which you can cut down the amount of time you spend on design work while not sacrificing any design at all.
1: And one more thing about templates is you can have this for your slides. So if you do a webinar and you want it to look pretty, you can use templates for your slides. If you want to do a PDF, a downloadable PDF, and you want it to actually convey like this, this nice professional look, you can have PDF templates. Like honestly, templates, best thing ever invented for non-designers. Absolutely, yeah. The next step in what you need to do
0: differently is to look at low impact work you do, stuff you do that maybe doesn't make sense to stop entirely, but that is not the kind of stuff that moves the needle. For me, the perfect example of this is social media posting, right? If you you create content and stuff, it it does make sense to post that on social media. It's better to do that than not to do it. But at the same time, it's in most cases not going to move the needle significantly so you shouldn't be spending a lot of time on your social media posting so for this specific example i have two recommendations uh, the first one is if you want to post a lot if you basically want to you know have a lot of activity and kind of diverse different posts on your social profiles with the least amount of effort possible then use missing letter Missing Letter is a social media service, which is quite interesting. Basically, you give it a, your the RSS feed of your content, so whether it's a podcast or a blog or whatever, and every time you publish a new piece of content, it will automatically pick that up, and it will try to extract as much as possible from that content. So it will ext- extract the title, any images associated with it, and it will even automatically they have some kind of a bot that automatically tries to pull out relevant quotes and turn them into quote images and it will then queue up a whole year's worth of social media posts for that and all you have to do is basically sometimes tweak them a little bit and confirm them now i tested missing letter for quite a long time and i can say that it works pretty well i mean obviously it's not you know it's not Perfect right because of all the automation and you do have to do a bit of tweaking but it's a really good uh, it's a really good example of automation because you basically if you wanted to do the same thing manually your results will probably be slightly better but not in a way that or significantly moves the needle but it would take you like ten times more time so missing letter is this service that you can try out and in fact we have a fifty percent off offer so there's a deal that you can get through Our link, this is an affiliate link where you can get 50% off for the first three months. And to get it, you can go to activegrowth.com forward slash missing. So activegrowth.com forward slash missing. And you can try out this service, which I recommend. And it also has like a 60-day money back guarantee. It's pretty cheap. So basically, if you think, oh, yeah, I'd like to do that. I'd like to post about my content. I'd like to have automatically generated image quotes and stuff like that then missing that or is really the way to do it while saving time.
1: There's one thing for all the perfectionists out there that I want to share and that really helped me getting over this hurdle of being like, ah, but if I do it myself, it's still like a little bit better, right? And I think it's actually something from Martha Stewart or like some other household um, guru um, because What they were saying, and and it was related to your household. I think it was related to like (laughs) ironing or or maybe folding your sheets or something. Um, But the the thing that she was saying is if it's done 80% as well as you would have done it. So it's not 100%. It's done only 80% as good. But instead of spending 100% of your time, you spend 0% of your time. That's a huge win. So, yes, it would be done 100% if you would have spent 100% of your time on it. But if you can use one of these tools like Missing Letter and it's done an, at 80% well, but you spend 0% of your time, that's, that's huge. Like At that point, you should accept that maybe it doesn't have to be 100% perfect.
0: Absolutely. Although that is, of course, difficult to get over as a perfectionist. Now, my next recommendation for social media posting, I have a second one there, which is to use Buffer, the Buffer app. And that is if you simply want to post once per piece of content. So basically, you publish a piece of content, you fire up the Buffer app, and you just hit publish, <laughs> and, and it's done. So then that would be a lot less social media activity. But again, this is how I would recommend using it because it means you're minimizing the time as much as possible. And you're not spending you know hours every day composing tweets and looking for content and adding it to your queue and all this kind of stuff so basically what I'm saying is use buffer but like don't use ninety percent of its features right just 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 use it to to protect your time against this uh, against doing this low leverage work another example for automating low impact stuff is something we've written about before on the blog which is to use Calendly which is a scheduling app for any kind of appointment based work so if, if your work if you're if you're offering a service that involves any kind of scheduling or if part of your outreach you know maybe for podcast guests or whatever anything where you have to agree on a time with someone else use Calendly this is a great example because it basically automatically it looks at your you know, it connects to your Google calendar and looks at when are you available and your the, the person on the other side can look at your available times and pick one and you get automatically notified and all all that. And it's way, way more efficient than trying to, basically messaging back and forth, right? Oh, does next Tuesday work for you? Oh, no, I have this. Uh, what about that? Oh, wait, what time zone are you in? And so on, right? This takes...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say and then you forgot to ask the time
0: zone. <laughs> <Exactly. though. laughs> so it, it's way more effective than that. It's better for you. It's better for the other person making the appointment. And it's it's also, you can use it for free, right? It does a very generous free plan. So this is just a great example of something where if scheduling, if making appointments is part of your process in any way, so you can look at that and say, okay, how can I basically get the exact same result, but minus hours and hours of my time? And that's such an example. But also don't forget the the... These are just two examples, right? Social media posting and scheduling. But don't forget that the the idea here is that you look at your process, you look at your day-to-day work and you ask yourself, are there such things in the work I do? Are there things here that I do that are low impact things that I could somehow automate?
1: So exactly, that would be the strategy, right? Looking First looking at what you're doing, being like, ah, maybe I just don't have to do it. So you stop doing it. Then if you still think that makes a little bit of a difference, try to automate it. And then the next step would be to actually outsource it. So if it's something that has like a very low impact, but you still want to do it, and you just can't automate it, then outsourcing might be an option. Now, Here I'm talking about like low-level outsourcing, right? So it would be uh, transcribing the audio of uh, an interview that you did, for example. I tried to do that with software and it might be my accent, but the results were always really bad when I just used... Software, so this might be something that you want to outsource, uh, for a couple of bucks, um, depending on on your content. Or another example of this would be um something that I actually did where I was making this e-course and I had PDFs and I wanted those PDFs to be fillable so that people could actually just like type in them when on their computer rather than having to print them out. And this was something like to get this done, I actually needed to. To download a very expensive software and maybe like have the 30-day trial or whatever and then spend my time putting just like boxes on a pdf document there where I wanted it to be um, fillable but I just found a fiverr gig so the website fiverr.com so which means it's everything is like for five dollars Um so that's something that you could definitely outsource where it's it, yes, you still want to have that because in this case, like for my students, it was really nice to have this fillable PDF, but it's absolutely not worth my time to learn in your software and put those little boxes on a PDF document. So Fiverr is something that can, or is a website that can be really helpful for this type of outsource, like easy outsource tasks.
0: Okay, so to summarize what we have so far about how to do less than you're doing right now. That's the first thing in getting to doing more important stuff and freeing up your resource. We've talked about what you need to stop doing. You need to stop doing this super low leverage work like tweaking your logo. You need to stop doing just about half the things you're currently doing because you can't be doing all of them well at the same time. You need to stop working outside your area of qualification. You need to start automating low-impact work, and you need to start outsourcing the low-impact work that you cannot automate. If you do all this, then you will find yourself with a lot more free time and a lot less stress. Which brings us to part number three, what you should start doing. So this is where it gets exciting we can get back to this Mike Michalowicz question that I mentioned earlier. Is this the highest and best use of my time? The problem here is, well, what exactly is the highest and best use of my time, right? How do I know whether the thing I'm doing right now is the highest and best use of my time. I think we can often recognize, okay, what I'm doing right now definitely isn't, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's not that clear like, okay, what is really the most important, highest priority thing to do? So let me give you a question that you can ask yourself to try and find this highest use of your time. And the question is, how difficult would it be to teach someone else to do this? So whatever you're doing right now, whatever part of your process you're looking at, how difficult would it be to teach someone else to do this? Let's look at an example scenario. Let's say you're writing some content because you're doing content marketing and the purpose of the content marketing is that you are creating content, promoting on social channels to get traffic to your site and to build your brand, which has the purpose of getting new leads and new members for your online course. Okay, that's the outline of your business. So let's look at some of the different components here because we'll see that the different components in this scenario are vastly different in terms of how difficult they are to teach to someone else. So let's say you're creating your social media posts and, you know, based on a new content, you look at your process, what do I do? Okay, I I share the post using the post title first, then I pull out some quotes from the post to share those. Okay, how hard is that to teach someone else? It was pretty easy, right? You can tell someone, look, here's the post. All the content is already here. The title is here. All you do is you share this on these social profiles. You pull out some quotes. Maybe you, you know use this image software to put them on an image, share them. And like we talked about before with a service like ladder, you don't even have to hire someone. It basically happens automatically, right? So that's an example of something that you might be spending time on. It's really easy to teach someone else. So what about writing? That content in the first place? Well, writing the content that requires some expertise in your area, it qu- requires writing skills, but right? Not not everybody can write well. So how hard is that to teach if you wanted someone else to write your blog posts? It's definitely harder than teaching someone how to share stuff on social media, but it's still possible. You could find a, a qualified candidate and make sure that they have some knowledge of your area, teach them how you want content to be written and so on. It's possible, just a larger project. So what about creating that online course that you're promoting? What about creating that course, adding new content to that course? That's kind of the core of your business, right? Well, this requires a lot of expertise and it hinges on your own knowledge, on your background. It also, the quality of that course, it hinges on your ability to present the content, to deliver the content, to teach well. And also the whole thing, the way people feel about your product will have a lot to do with your personal passion for this topic that you're teaching and your caring, your genuine caring for people in your audience. So how hard would it be to teach someone to create that course for you? That is super hard. In fact, that's something where you probably go, how would I even start? How would I even start getting someone else to do this? And that is an indication that that's probably the highest and best use of your time.
1: Let's take another example, because not everybody is creating an online course. You might be trying to get people on your free strategy goal for your consultancy business. So the scenario would be that you are outreaching to potential clients to get them to schedule this free 30-minute strategy call. Now again, there are a lot of moving parts here, and not all of them are hard to teach. And absolutely not all of them (laughs) would be the highest and best use of your time, because Let's let's deconstruct this a little bit, right? So first of all, finding leads. Now, currently, you might be the one going on LinkedIn and trying to find people who have in their title uh, something that's interesting that might make them a good client for your consultancy business. But this is something that can actually done by scraping software. So again, we can automate this with tools. Now, the next thing would be sending that first outreach email. And this is something that not that hard to teach. This will probably be a template of an email that you're sending out. Maybe you're customizing some of the fields in that email. So this is something that you can teach somebody else to do, and that can be outsourced. And then we already talked about actually booking the call. So we don't want back and forth of like, when are you available and so on. You would send people to Calendly. So again, this is taken on by software. And then actually doing the call, doing that 30-minute free call, that would be the thing, the highest use of your time, because that's not something you can easily outsource. That's the core of your business. That's where you get people convinced to actually work with you. So that's the thing you should be doing. And I recently talked to somebody who set up a whole system like this, And now they are just getting calls, right? The only thing that they are doing is making those calls. And imagine if instead of like being looking on LinkedIn, sending out outreach emails, spending like half of of your week doing this... And then maybe getting like a few calls. If you could automate that whole process before and the only thing you have to concentrate on is making those calls the best possible, making those free consultation calls really valuable and getting clients, like that would really push your business forward.
0: Now, because this is so important, let's look at a third example, which relates to maybe the most difficult thing we've talked about. So... In the second part, we talked about you should probably stop doing about half the things you're doing, right? And that's difficult. But let me give you another example to show how if you're in that situation and if the highest and best use of your time isn't that clear cut, how you can still apply this method and how it can still make a huge difference. So let's say you are working on getting traffic. You're working on getting more leads, more clients, more traffic to your site. And you have all these options open to you. Maybe you've had a look at your business and you can see that, okay, there's a lot of opportunity to do kind of guest posting, get featured maybe on some on some mainstream media sites, uh, maybe collaborate with some niche sites. There's a lot of things I can do here of that nature, right, where I can basically reach out and have my content spread around other places to attract people back to my site. But also, there's a great opportunity in this niche to do social media stuff, right? Maybe your business is connected to a cause that people are passionate about and you could really build like a social tribe maybe on Facebook, right? And and grow something there, gain some momentum there. But also there's some great opportunities with paid advertising, right? You can see that there's actually some cheap clicks to be gotten. And so what do you do, right? There's all these things, but you've noticed trying to pursue all of these things, nothing has really happened because, you know, you, you spend some time uh, trying to build a, a community, but then you're like, oh, I have to finish this guest post that I promised and you spend some time doing that. And in the end, like you look back on a month and you're like, oh, well, I ended up only publishing one guest post and of course that didn't do much. But also I neglected my community for most of the month and so nothing happened there. And also the AdWords campaigns are just stale and I, I should have I should have a look at this again and it's basically not going anywhere. This is exactly the scenario where you basically have to just drop most of what you're doing and focus on one thing. And here... Part of it is to basically look at, you know, it's not, maybe it's not that clear cut. What is the highest and best use of your time? Because maybe all three of these things can potentially work for you. So you just got to make a decision, right? You just got to commit to something. And so, so one example is what might be easiest to say, okay, my budget is pretty limited. So even if the AdWords thing works out, I'm not going to be able to really ramp it up. So, okay, I'm going to drop that. And then I have two things left. Do I do the kind of guest posting outreach type of thing or do I build social community? And there you can say, well, all right, I'll just make a decision. You know, maybe I, I, I don't actually like spending all day on Facebook. Not really my thing. So I'd rather work on the other thing. And again, you just make a decision. I'm just going to drop this in favor of that. I'm just making a decision. But the thing is that what you end up with is you can say, okay, I'm I'm focusing on doing this. I'm focusing on getting my content featured in front of other people's audience, focusing on the outreach and the content creation. And this is the highest and best use of my time. Not because there's nothing else I could be doing that that might be as good as this, but because if I tried to do a bunch of other stuff as well, then it would distract me from the highest and best use of my time. I've got one more tip for you if you find it very difficult to make such a decision. If you feel this dilemma of, well, there's several things I could be doing, they could all be my highest and best uh, use of time. Well, one thing you can do is commit to not doing something for a limited period of time. Right? If you can't stand the idea of letting an opportunity go, like, like let's say the social media community building thing, right? You can't, just, you just see that this is such a good opportunity. You can't stand the idea of not doing this. Simply commit to not doing it for three to six months, right? Instead of saying I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave this forever, frame it to yourself as I'm gonna focus on this other thing for the next six months and go all in on that, and then I will have built up enough momentum in this other thing that I can actually then move into this thing. So I'm not dropping it forever. I'm not saying goodbye forever. I'm simply procrastinating very deliberately for a specific period of time.
1: Now, with all these examples, you might be thinking but I have no idea how to automate something or how to outsource something. But remember what the first Mm -hmm. question was that we asked you Mm -hmm. to ask yourself. It was, what can you do to ensure that you don't have to spend your time on this ever again? And so it might take you a little time to actually figure out how to automate something or how to outsource something or to find a good outsourcer. But this is really worth taking a little bit more time upfront so that you never have to do the task ever again.
0: So that is our three-part approach for what you can do to ensure that you're spending your time doing things that move the needle in your business as a solopreneur. If you've been suffering from following the advice that's based on large companies with large teams and deep pockets, then this is what you need to do to start gaining some momentum. And that wraps up our episode. But actually, before I can wrap up this episode, I have to issue a correction. I noticed right after recording that I made a mistake. I mixed up two authors. So I was quoting the book called Making Money Is Killing Your Business. And I said it was authored by Mike Michalowicz, which is not correct. The author of the book Making Money Is Killing Your Business is Chuck Blakeman. And Mike Michalowicz is also an author. He wrote a book called Profit First. I got these two mixed up probably because both of these books are basically about the same thing. So both of these books solve the same problem, which is what to do in order not to become a slave to your own business. This is something that happens to a lot of entrepreneurs that you start a business and things start going well. But pretty soon you basically notice that you've created a job for yourself and it's a really tough job with really long hours and you can't escape. So both of these books, that is Making Money Is Killing Your Business by Chuck Blakeman and Profit First by Mike Michalowicz, are strategies to avoid and solve this problem. I recommend both of these books. Uh, Both of these books I only read recently, but I wish I'd read them years ago. I will also link to both of these books in the show notes so you can check them out. But yeah, the correction is I basically just said the wrong author for the book I was quoting. Now, you can get links to these books and links to the Missing Letters special offer I mentioned, as well as a summary of all the strategy steps that we went through in this episode in the show notes. And you get there by going to activegrowth.com forward slash 28 in your browser. And I highly encourage you to do that. You can leave comments and feedback and questions there as well. And I challenge you to take action on what we talked about here. Follow some of this advice or all of this advice. Tell us what you're going to stop doing. Tell us what you're going to do differently. Make a commitment by leaving a comment or try it out for one day and then leave a comment and tell us how you feel and how it's going. And also tell us about any problems you encounter or any questions you have. As always, your interaction, like your feedback, the dialogue we have with our listeners helps us make this a better podcast. So that wraps up this episode. Come give us a visit over at activegrowth.com forward slash 28. Let us know what you think and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you for listening.